Hi, this is Nick Underhill, and you're listening to a New Orleans.network podcast. What up, what up, what up? Welcome to this week's episode of Pell's Pod, a play-in edition. Uh, the regular season has ended. As always, I'm your host, Rafael Radler, joined by my fellow middle brother, Gag G. Money Radler. What's poppin'? What you this week, bro? Man, let's say Le Bon Ton playoffs, man. Let the playoffs roll, man. Let's get it poppin'. It's, it's about that time, man. It's what, it's what it's all been about, man. We've been a whole season of, of, of ups and downs and plenty of downs and plenty mm-hmm. of ups and emotional highs and emotional lows and... You know, everybody been talking about, man, if we can just, you know, catch a couple wins here, we make the player, make the, man, look, this is what this week was, this is what this week is. This is what it's about, man. So glad all y'all are, are coming in to, to, to holler at us um, to get ready for this plan. So I'm all good, man. It's all good in the city. We'll be having you in shortly um, for the festivities this weekend. So, I mean, uh, this week. So it's, it's all good, man. How's everything on your end? Yeah, son. I woke up this morning and felt like a bag of bricks. Uh, it was tough, but you know, as long as somebody wakes me up in time for my flight on Wednesday morning to make it to New Orleans for the game, I'm cool. So just remind me, like you on Call of Duty. That's all. Yes, priority, <laughs> That's all. baby. That's all it's about. <laughs> as always, you know, uh, if you guys like the content, uh, and before we get into the content, there were a lot of people, you know, reaching out. Pat, you had to tweet out, just thanking everybody for the support. And again, yeah. we give y'all so much thanks for embracing us and growing with us, um, and our. Our mission is to make sure that we continue to give you guys content that's worth your support. And so I had a couple people be like, hey, we miss y'all. Uh, you know, the offseason is going to be dropped. You know, we're athletic family. Uh, yeah. I, you know, and so life kind of revolves around sports. Like an older brother just, you know, shout out to him. He just mm-hmm. uh, reffed his first collegiate uh football game at Clemson uh, mm. for the first time like this kind of our lives and so it ain't gonna stop like we if anything you know the real championships are one in the offseason right and so mm-hmm. you know if anything you might get more content from but yeah. again if you do like the contest follow us on Twitter uh follow us on the IG uh the new the new name for the IG shout out to DJ just joined the NON uh team uh Pelicans podcast uh like the episode subscribe to New Orleans.network that's the important part so before we break down this week uh, I got a story I got to share. So yesterday uh, I was making. Him, man. <laughs> yesterday I was making groceries. Now anybody who knows me, whether you live here, whether you're part of my family, on the weekends there's like a ninety percent chance I'm probably wearing something with a Florida Lee on it. Like it probably <laughs> Saints Pelicans, one of them, right? So I just so happened to be wear, wearing a Brandon Ingram uh, t-shirt jersey, right? So I'm walking into the grocery store, right? And there's a guy, you guys know how to, like, the end cap. There's always, like, one product or whatever it is. Uh, mm-hmm. He was reaching out chips of whatever it was. So as I walked into the, into the building, there's only me. Like, it's just me and wide doors, right? And him standing right there. So as I get closer, I notice something. He looks up, and he's got a Lakers hat. Now, again, if you know me, I, it's hard for me to turn down an opportunity. <laughs> it's very hard. So as I'm approaching this this brother, I just start laughing. Like my face starts smiling. I start gritting. So as I get closer, he's looking at me again. I have a Brandon Ingram do all in t shirt on. <laughs> he looks at me, and as I get close, he's like, "Man, I don't even want to hear this, man." I'm like, <laughs> I'm he was like, "Go on about your business." I was like, "Bro, there's always next year, man." I dapped him up and just start laughing throughout the whole store. I'm sure everybody was looking around and like. 
what is going on, right? Uh, it was it was just a funny moment to me because like I've been listening to all these national podcasts, and you know Kevin Hart did a great job yesterday calling mm-hmm. the game and telling the true story about the season for the Pelicans, which is rare for us on mm-hmm. nationally televised games. But like people are starting to also dig on the Lakers. Like it's not just the Pelicans, man. Like everybody around the league and the world are taking jabs at the Lakers, and it's just mm. a fun spot to be in. <laughs> you know, it's just a fun spot. We're still playing in there, yeah. So absolutely. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, we had a couple games uh, this this week. Two of mm. them, the other team didn't really play anyone. And the other two, we didn't really play anyone. Like the mm-hmm. Memphis game was like, oh, Josh coming back. They're trying to get their, you know, their footing underneath them, their momentum going to the playoffs. Oh, Brandon Ingram's not playing just in case we need to win. Even though mm-hmm. we knew San Antonio was resting, everybody was going to say, so it was like, you need this game, but you had to. Not really. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And right. then the Golden State game, again, nobody played. It was a time to see other people get minutes and see opportunities. So mm-hmm. we're not going to recap every game, but let's talk about some trends, right? Yeah. Um, one that I definitely want to get your take on is the Jared Harper men's, right? Like he, you know, he was a guy who we saw in the summer league. Mm-hmm. We saw, you know, period, we played one game in the season. I was like, oh man, who was that? Wait, wait, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Like he, mm-hmm. he, he did some things, right? So mm-hmm. tell me a little bit. That's your guy. You called it from Jump Street, right? Like you've yeah. been talking about it since he was in college. So tell me yeah. a little bit about what you like from the Jared Harper men's. Yeah, man. Look, uh, shout out to Reed. What's good with you, baby? Um, Nah, man, like, look, Jared Harper has been, you know, I, I like Jared Harper back in college, right? He was at Auburn. He was this small guard uh, that was kind of had this, he, he he played a lot bigger than he was, right? He was a big shot maker at Auburn. And so, you know, I, I wasn't a fan of Auburn or anything, but, you know, during the during the tournament, you catch on the players, you catch on the teams, and, like, this guy was the, the you know, the flavor of the money. I, Auburn was really good that year, um, but he was, like, the, the, the story guy, right? And so... When I started watching him, Auburn started winning these games, um, you know, and then they got to the Final Four, and I still saw this guy, like, still knocking down shots, picking up people full court, um, kind of doing the things that we've seen him doing, in, in, you know, in, in the G League and now in the, in the pros when he gets his minutes. And so, like, I was a big fan. I'm a big fan of, like, under undersized guys. Like, everybody knew I was a Steph Curry fan in, in college um, when I was in high school when he was in college just because I, I like undersized guys. I like guys who, you like, Wait, he gave us forty? How? And so, like, here's Jared Harper giving people 25, 30 in the in the in the, um, in the tournament. And so, fast forward to the G League. Um, you know, I watched him a couple of games in the G League when the when the season first started. And I said, Oh man, look, Jared Harper's um, you know on the team. I, you know, I hope he gets you know some burn, and I hope he he plays well because you know that's a guy that I followed in college. And lo and behold, like he, he was tearing it up in the in the G League, man, playing really well. Um, not doing the things that I saw in college, knocking down big shots and everything. And so, you know, that game that he played earlier this season. Uh, you know, that was one of those games where Willie kind of let him in and they uh, let him play in that second half. And and uh, I mean, in that second quarter, uh, kind of let him him play. He had uh, some extended minutes and he played really well. He was very calm, very collective, um, you know, in control of the game. He was, you know, making good passes and everything. And then you saw obviously the shooting ability and he was able to knock down jumpers and everything like that. And so, you know, fast forward into now where we, he kind of got the call up for the, you know, for the, for the call up uh, contract. And, you know, he got these minutes now that he's playing with, uh, you know, with all, all the guys sitting and everything, and you starting to see the same thing. You starting to see, you know, uh, him being able to knock down shots, him being, you know, really just calm, just a calm uh, guard. Like he, 
he's never in a rush. He's never playing outside of his speed. You're always playing his speed, and he's a he's a knockdown shooter. And so, you know, I'm a big Jared Harper fan. You know, I, I hope you know that he he gets you know a look next season to get some kind of whatever. Um, if it's not us, there's somewhere else because I'm a huge Jared Harper fan, and he's shown um, you know that he deserves to be in this league. And so, big shout out to Jared Harper. I, if if there was a way I could give me a, a, a Jared Harper a squadron jersey, I definitely would, man. I definitely would. That's my guy. We might have to hit the squadron up for that. But, uh, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, what I noticed from him, he had one game where he came in shooting lights out. Again, Mm -hmm. the game didn't really mean anything. But, again, everything's about opportunity. Like Antonio Davis says all the time, there's no garbage minutes because those guys on the court are fighting for their NBA careers. And Mm -hmm. so what you want to see is when those guys get on the court, maximize their opportunity. And that's what you see. So one game, he's shooting lights out. The other game, he was setting other people up. And we've talked about it all year. The only real part of this team has been Jose. And so right. it's 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 interesting that you say you like small guards because we got a lot of them. Yep. <laughs> we, yes, we do. We, we have an abundance of undersized guards, right? Yes, and so do. it's going to be really interesting to see what this summer shakes out. Um, I'm a fan of competition. So, mm-hmm. you know, you bring them to camp and you see what happens, especially like a summer league, and you see what happens, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I'm at with it. Another thing I want to call out, Trey Murphy's activity. Now – some games he was shooting well, other games he wasn't. But every game he was fighting. Like you saw right. him getting defensive rebound. I saw it in summer league. I was like, Trey is going to be a good rebounder because one, he could jump out the gym. Two, he's six foot nine. And three, he has that go get it. That mm-hmm. hey, that's my ball, right? Yep. And even when he wasn't doing that, you see him tipping it out to the point guard and stuff like that, right? And so those are the small things I think that again, fans all season long were like, Where's Trey? Where's Trey? Where's Trey? When the shot's not falling. You still got to be able to lean on your defensive presence. You still got to be able to hang your head on something else. Similar to Jared Hart, but when the shot's not falling, getting other people involved. You saw that from Trey over the course of the Mm -hmm. week. So, you know, again, obviously, I think Trey's going to be important to this team as we finish out the year and the postseason. But what did you see? What did you like from Trey? Yeah, no, look, the the most the I think the the most important thing with Trey and I think the most impressive thing with Trey is the way he handled not getting minutes and then also coming into, you know, when he did when he did crack the rotation, um earning that trust from Willie Green, but the the thing that gets me the most is that this guy has shown this remarkable inc- um increase in production and this kind of improvement in some of the most pressure packed games of the season, right? Like this has been this has been brewing and the Pelicans have been playing in pretty much pressure game, you know, pressure game for a good bit of the season, you know, mm-hmm. uh, as far as, you know, trying to stay into that ninth season and uh, get up to the ninth seed and maintain the 10 through 11 while through the injuries and things like that. And then once the guys came back to push for the ninth seed, like they've been in very, very, you know, close and, and important games uh, throughout the throughout the majority of their season. And so you saw Trey Murphy start to take this leap and some of the most important games, the Laker game, you know, the Spurs game, like he has been, he's been taking these, you know, these, this leap and so and some of the most pressure packed games and so that is something that that can be shown and he's talked about it he talked about it yesterday when he was talking about um playing in front of of you know a packed audience and stuff the, the way the game was yesterday uh against the Spurs I mean against the Warriors he was saying like you know that he, but and while he was in Virginia they only had like 150 people that could be in the gym right and then when he went to Rice oh, obviously mm-hmm. there was nobody nobody coming to the games and so he says like this is the most you know the the most ruckus crowd and the most amount of pressure that he's played in as far as like the crowd noise and things and like he's excelling he's doing well and so like you said obviously there's going to be times where his shot isn't falling uh, he's still finding his his way to be consistently comfortable on the floor but what you see is his confidence growing right you see him feeling like he 
belongs on the floor and he's no longer looking over his shoulder uh, to see if, you know, he's going to get yanked off and, and things like that. And so he's more confident in taking some of those long ball threes that we see. And sometimes he makes those, you know what I'm saying? And so, and like Reed is, it, it, it has pointed out, you know, that mean streak of his, like he's, he's trying to get every board. He's trying to dunk on every single person. Like it's, it's just a lot of, a lot of things that we thought we were going to see when Trey got drafted and we saw it in the preseason and we saw it in summer league. We were like, okay, this is the things that we're going to get. And that, you know, it, it, it seemed like we got it out of Herb uh, earlier than Trey. But now you're starting to see Trey also come along. And so, you know, having Trey, uh, you know, kind of develop and, and get comfortable and confident uh, around in this time during it, uh, going into this playing game. Like this is one of the most important things that we could have gotten because we're going to need his length. We're going to need his, uh, his his defensive ability and we're going to need a shot making uh, when it when it counts. And so I'm glad to see him, you know, get these minutes really finally starting to trust him and give him those extended minutes, um, even in games like the ones that don't matter to, to the the record, he's still out there fighting and, and, and trying to dunk on people and, uh, and, and things like that. And so, you know, th- th- that's the kind of youthful, you know, energy and youthful legs. And, uh, you know, when people say like, you, you're too young to know any better, like that's mm-hmm. the kind of a player that we need from Trey right now, that audacious uh, confidence that he has. And we need that from him. And so having it going into the playoffs is going to be big. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think the, the biggest thing that, that you called out is, you know, I once upon a time, a specific someone who owns a podcast was like, this is the quietest locker room you've ever, ever heard, ever been a part of. It ain't quiet no more. Like, you got Jose, you got Najee, Jose, Trey, Jackson. Let's talk about Jackson real quick. Mm-hmm. Jackson has a lot of mean streak to him, right? Like, was he yes, on the he court? Does. He is looking to dunk on someone at all times, right? Like, you had mm-hmm. the perfect... The perfect tweet earlier in the season. Like, at all times, you never know when <laughs> Jackson Hayes is going to jump on a trampoline and put somebody on the poster, right? Right. What I've noticed in the game, because some people have said, you know, um, there are ups and downs for Jackson. Like, he'll have a good streak of games, and then he'll have a games where he's quieted off or he's not being as effective. Mm-hmm. Well, what I've noticed in those games, it's not that ne- Jackson's necessarily struggling. It's that he's not being aggressive. Like, he's not looking to score. Like, he gets the ball, and he's like, ex- immediately passing it out. Like, he's mm-hmm. getting the ball in, in a position where he's got a guy shorter than him on him and pass the ball out. And so in those games, it's not like he's, like, one for eight. He's, like, two for two and, like, two mm-hmm. for four and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Well, what you saw defenses doing, especially this person, we'll talk about this when we preview the play-in, People start to play that. Like, well, if you're not going to score, we're just going to leave you open. And so the Clippers mm-hmm. did a great job of that when we played them the, the last time around. They just said, we're going to we're gonna box CJ, and you're going to have to figure out somebody else to score, and Jackson wouldn't look to be aggressive. Now, over this week, you saw it uptick a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. You, saw it, you saw him saying, you know, now sometimes he got a little overzealous. But, but <laughs> that what Jackson saw, do, bro. You saw him see rim and go get rim, right? Like right. it was either because I said this early in the season, he does a great job of getting to the foul line because he's so athletic. You have and he's so much taller than most people. Like you have to foul, or he's gonna dunk on you. There's a good chance that he's gonna dunk on you unless you foul, right? right. Now, some of the threes are, you know, we want to take in rhythm threes, Jackson. Like we right. don't want to just pull up for three. But that's a part of being a young player, right? And so I think as he's learning his game, that's another great part of the season, what we've been able to capture this year. I think he's going to need to be big for this team because, mm-hmm. again, teams are strategized to beat you, especially these these hopefully two games in the playoffs. They're strategized to beat your roster. It's not this is what we do. It's how can we beat this team? And right. so they're going to pull at every weakness. They're going to pull at every single thing where they can say, you know what, we'll live with this uh, in order to stop B.I., 
We'll live mm-hmm. with this in order to stop JV. We'll live with this in order to stop G- CJ. So these other guys who've been playing these minutes are important, right? They have to mm-hmm. be aggressive. They have to be looking to score. Now, let's talk a little bit about the downside. So Devontae Graham. Again, another yeah. week where you want to see him see a couple go in. Like a, yeah. hit a couple, mm-hmm. build some rhythm, especially going into the play. Didn't really do that, right? Like there were some games where he was okay, you know, from the three-point line. And he was more aggressive uh, inside the three-point line. But overall, you know, there's still some to be desired, right? And we talked right. about this, Agnazia, in terms of some of the liabilities that he has on the defensive side of the floor and the offensive side of the floor, if I'm being honest. So, you know, what did you see from Devontae? And, I, again, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but, like, how – what do you do? Like, like <laughs> are you just taking all in minutes away or – you know, where yeah, you it's 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 tough, man. It's tough. Like this, this this little sp- this little span of run where we had kind of clinched up the thing. I, I the the ninth seed. I thought that um you know at least clinched in the playing spot. I thought that he would get you know a lot of, I guess like mistake not mistake free but I guess like consequence free basketball right to where okay listen. Every majority of the things is locked up. Obviously, we still need to lock up the ninth seed, but we're in the dance, right? So, can we get you know? Can can you get out of this this you know this shooting slump? You know, when there's not a lot of consequences there, right? There's not a lot of things uh, you know that could go wrong if you're missing your shots and stuff. And I thought this was going to be the run where he would be able to do that and we would be able to get him out of that. But I mean, it, it's 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 gotten to a point like you know you you brought Devontae in to shoot you know, open threes with, with Zion, right, and, and Brandon Ingram uh, and JV. You brought those guys in here, and, and J, you know, Zion hasn't played, but in comes CJ. And so now he, he's getting open shots from CJ as well. CJ is getting him open shots, um, and, and the shots just aren't falling. And so when you're in a situation where you're in one and done, um, where, you know, like if you lose this game, like that's the end of the season, uh, you you can't you can't have a guy, you know, who's who's trying to f- continue to find himself. You can't have that guy doing that in the middle of a one and done game um, right. or you're going to be done and you're going to be home. And so, you know, I, I think, you know, when 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 this when this game comes up, you'll you'll see, you know, you'll see Devontae Graham minutes. Um, I just don't know if I, I saw somebody ask over 23 and a half. I don't know if you can give him that long. You know, I think Jose is, is is has shown in late game situations that you can trust him. And even throughout the game, you know, he's giving you things that Devontae just cannot. He just can't give you, uh, you know, what what Jose brings defensively uh, as well as, you know, driving and kicking and, and you know, being being a penetrator and a initiator on offense. And so I think that Jose has shown that, you know, he he deserves those minutes. The, the Pelicans obviously agree by giving him, a, a, a you know, a, a contract. And so I think that he has earned, not only has he earned that contract, but he has earned those minutes in that spot. And so, you know, it, this is a situation, man, where, you know, sometimes, the, the you know, you can't tell when a streak is coming, right? You can't tell when a cold streak happens. You know, people like to think that these are like midseason or always the beginning of the season. He just needs to get warm. Like, sometimes these things happen at the end of the season. You just get cold at the end of the season. And for whatever reason, you can't get past that mental block. You can't get past, uh, you know, whatever it is that's keeping you from reaching, the, you know, what you think is a level of acceptable play from you. And so this is the play-ins, bro. This is, this is the postseason. Yeah. This is... Like this is do or die, and so if if you're out there and, and you know you're not contributing 
in a in a in a short amount of time, bro, you you know you 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 can't have dead minutes and and bad possessions and things like that. And so I don't think you're gonna see a lot of Devontae Graham uh, in this playing game. To be honest with you, I think you know he'll give him uh you know a uh, uh, um Willie will give him a, a shot you know to to make a, a jumper or two. And I think you know if if it starts to look like it's been looking you know the the last couple of weeks, uh, then you have no choice but to, to, to pull him in and go and move on to the next guy uh, and go from there. Because, you know, again, one and done, and we can't be waiting for, for you know, for, for guys to kind of get through that. And so we're going to be talking about the offseason real, really quickly. And so, uh, yeah, I, I think that Jose has earned those minutes, and I, I hope to see a lot more of Jose. Yeah. Um, my thing with this is I, I see Reed in the comments saying DG needs to switch his mentality, drive first, shoot mm-hmm. second. Mm-hmm. But don't you think it's a lot to ask someone who that's how they played their entire career? Like he's always been an outside in guy. Yeah. You think you're gonna get him to change with one game to go to all all of a sudden attack the thing? Like coming he's not in, Jose. Yeah, coming into the season, uh Charlotte fans when Devontae was coming here, and you know, we we were hearing talks about them on uh, you know, and they were giving their opinion about about Devontae coming into the season. They were talking about how you know, he's not a good inside the paint scorer and, uh, you know, that he he doesn't do a lot of inside the paint things. He he likes to live behind the, the, the three point line. And for, you know, if Zion was here and he and that shot was falling, then that's exactly what you need. You know, what I'm saying that would be great. But, um, I, you know, it's, it's just not there. And so, you know, I, I would love to see him. And A.D. talks about it, talks about how, you know, when Devontae Graham gets two feet in the paint, uh, good things happen. Uh, but, you know, this 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 is a situation where. This is the play in. Like you have one game, you 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 can't like you know what I'm saying like you had all season to kind of try to get through that and things like that. And so, um, I, I I like I said, I would rather see Jose. Um, and and I I like I kind of like what Wu said. I, I like I like seeing Jose and you know whatever minutes Jose can't play. Um, you know CJ and those guys got to play minute and play Tony Snell. You know Tony Snell is as a reserve is coming and hit hit his shots. And if you just need a third player, uh, that that other player, um, if it's not just giving all the minutes to Jose, then split it up between Jose and and have another one of the big guys, uh, big guns, play a little bit more minute and have uh, Tony Snell play that catch and shoot, uh, you know, role that you know he should be good at. But I, I'm with it. I'm with you. Yeah, I mean. Again, to your point, you lose, you go home. So, mm-hmm. you know, you built a roster with a bunch of wings like Tony Snell, like Gary Clark. If Devontae is not hitting, you got to be quick to make an adjustment. Like, it's got to be quick. You don't have time to build a 12-point uh, hole. And mm-hmm. so I like what you said in terms of, you know, Jose earning his minutes. I think that, you know, where the disconnect lies is that you look at Devontae's skill set and you're like, with this unit, you need someone who can space the floor and shoot. Mm-hmm. Now – Here's my counter to that. Jose can impact the game offensively in different ways. He's not as good as a shooter as Devontae Graham, but he can impact the game in different ways. Like, he gets other people involved. Gets uh, He's a true point guard, right? Like, mm-hmm. everybody talks about a backup point guard. Devontae is a shooting guard, right? And so you mm-hmm. need a guy who's able to get the most out of who's ever on the court. Now, you and I have talked about this. There should be no no games from here on out where JV, BI, or CJ are all on the bench at the same time. Yeah, that should never, wild. ever happen. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, like, that should wild. never, ever, ever happen. Like, no, I'm, okay, I'm okay if you want to start CJ at point guard and then let CJ be the two guard off the bench and let Jose run the one, so be it, right? Like, I'm, I'm okay with that. But mm. we can't just sit all three stars ever again. Like, that, they, yeah. they can't happen, right? And mm-hmm. so – 
you know, my biggest thing is, you know, while Jose is adjusting in the short, like he knows how to score inside. Like he's really mm-hmm. good with the floater. He's missed a couple give me layups. I blame that probably on his energy. A lot of times he just outruns it. But again, to your point, he brings other things defensively. He gives you extra possessions with steals. He's able to change the game with his energy. Whereas sometimes when Devontae Gray catches the ball, the ball just stops and the energy is dead. And everybody just sits around like, what do we do? Uh-oh, three seconds left. The shot got a fadeaway three. They go another way in transition. Mm-hmm. Like, that can't happen uh, in the playoffs, right? And so uh, it'll be interesting to see how Willie divvies this up and, you know, the, the staff kind of looks. Because, again, they're, they're the same way the Spurs have set everybody to be healthy for this. The, the Pelicans are going to play the Spurs. Like, you're going to make your matchups for the Spurs, and we'll see what, uh, what, what Willie Green has to offer. So mm-hmm. one thing before we preview the game. So the regular season is over. Uh, without doing too much recap, because, again, we're not going anywhere. Like I said, if anything, we'll have more pods, mm-hmm. and we'll have a season recap pod. This is not it. What is your biggest takeaway from the season? I think the, the biggest takeaway is that the Pelicans – the Pelicans made they they created a team that that fits that fit right like Devontae I mean uh, not Dev- uh, David Griffin uh, uh, Trajan all of those guys who have put this team together they created a roster that fit now you know there are some things that need to be ironed out um, but they got they got it right you know majority of the time and so when you look at this roster and you and you look at the guys that's that's on there uh, on the team like. There's just a bunch of there's a lot of heart on that team, right? There's a lot of a lot of guys that you know have kind of similar mindsets and similar you know similar dog mentalities uh, on a team all up and down the roster. And so um, you know it, it's been so long since we've had a team that you know a lot of people would say that we had a roster up and down full of NBA players, right? We've had times where we've had like people who should be in the G League, people who were in the G League, um, <laughs> you know. And I'm not talking about the Jose kind of G League. We just need extra bodies uh, in here. But like this season has been full of just guys who, you know, you, you're like, man, like that is a guy that I would want on my basketball team. Like that is an NBA player. That's a guy who cares. Um, that's a guy who is willing to, to, to compete defensively and things like that. And so it's just, you know, it, it has been a crazy ride this, this season. It's been fun. We'll talk about that in the season recap. But I think the, the, the my biggest takeaway is that, you know, this roster, when, when we were going through the one and 12 doldrums, um, like it, it, it just took time. And, and I think that time, it, it sucks, you know, to, to have to go through those those games and everything. But like this team, this roster, it, you know, with, without Big Z, you know, without the, the big gun, the V gun. Um, like this team was good, man. And this team is, this team, you know, had a, had some, had some real, have, you know, some real opportunities uh, to do things has Zion, you know, not been, been hurt. And so, you know, going, going forward, you know, we got this playing coming in and things like that. So it's going to be fun. The, the payoff was all, what was all worth it. Um, we're going to get a, a sold out playoff game and that's, you know, that's all we could hope for at the, at the beginning when we were one and 12. And so, uh, I think just this roster, man, this roster was put, put together, uh, you know, rather well. Right. Um, The thing for me that stands out is like when you talk about, you know, national podcast, national media, things like that, a lot of times they're like, oh, Zion and B.I. But if you listen to, you know, the broadcast or, you know, certain national pods, they all mention the team. Yeah, you're going to get your 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 B.I. and your C.J. and your J.B. shout outs. 
But everyone's next sentence is always, look at the guys that they built, right? Like, look mm-hmm. at the things that they put in place. And if you really look at the pro- roster, now, again, the NBA is all about your stars, right? Your stars win your championships, things like that. But if you really look at, like, how the NBA is trending, you got a lot of teams that are building sustainable success, right? They're mm-hmm. building their stars, and they're adding different pieces around it, right? And mm-hmm. so in a year where you didn't have one of your stars – you found essentially like five rotational. That doesn't happen. Like that doesn't happen. Like look at look mm-hmm. at the team. Like the Suns. Antonio Daniels talks about this all the time. The reason why they're so successful, they had like zero turnovers. Great, great shout out. Simply look at the Grizzlies. Look at the Bucks. The Bucks just built around. They got Drew. They made an addition here, but the, for the most part, they built it internally. Right. Mm-hmm. Look at the Heat. Right. Oh, you got a Kyle Lowry adjust, but for the most part, those guys they drafted are guys that are on the roster. So if you look at it that way. And you don't make it so much about these big trades or whatever it is. I don't know if that's the direction moving forward. Like we just saw what a roster with three so, superstars so are and you, all pitch players. Get so are you are you are you saying this is the death of the super team? I don't know if that's the case. There'll always be mm-hmm. some part of that, but at the same mm-hmm. time, like just look around the league. Like look at the trends of what's happening. Like look at the Mavs. Like they've made a couple trades here and there, but for the most part, those are homegrown people, right? And so the it's, Pelicans jumped into that. But but it's but what's wild about it, and I, not to go too far, but what's wild about it because you know we get into these conversations like yeah, this. Yeah, but yeah. what's wild about it is that the Pelicans are like on the and like I, I'll speak like this, like they're on the line of of both though because like even though like when we talk about teams that are, are, are building, like you talk about in like the super team, like the Pelicans, two guys that they drafted because Brandon Ingram came over on a rookie deal. I count Zion, right? Both of those guys are superstars. Like mm-hmm. you, like both of those guys are superstars. Like when you talk about Milwaukee, they have Giannis that they drafted, but like Chris and Drew, as phenomenal and great as they are, they're not you know Zion and Bi. Right? right. You look at, at at like you talk about with Phoenix, as fantastic as DeAndre Aiden and Booker are. When we talk about draft picks, right. they're not Bi and Zion. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so when you when you when you just go down that list, like the Pelican, and that's what's so exciting about you know the future of the pelicans mm-hmm. is that yeah it may be the death uh, uh, of super teams or, or you know super teams are showing that you, you don't need a super team to win but the pelicans have that but they got it from being oh, built damn. and it's in it mm-hmm. right and it's so and like now you have this one this extra number one pick um you know this extra pick first round pick that's gonna be in the top 10 that can go either way like that's a foundational and that can be a transformation another transformational draft pick or you could use it to do other things but like this is like your your the Pelicans are literally on the on the the fence of being both an organic team as well as like a super team uh, as far as like superstar talent goes, and so um, it, it's just is is very very is this is what people get excited about when you talk about the Pelicans in their future. I mean, Garrick, last season, Bi and Zion were the highest score duo in the league. I mean, it, I and mean, you just added twenty five points to CJ, right? And you just added a double double season. And you just added, added an all-defensive candidate. And her- yep. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yep. So let, yep. let's let's jump into this game, right? Um, let's preview the Spurs matchup. Now, the Spurs hold the season series uh, lead over the Pelicans. Uh, we beat them one time, killed them on, on, on in San Antonio without BI. Um, but the other three games, they won. One we were in attendance for, no BI in that one. The other two, again, the, 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 the Spurs just had the, the Pelicans number. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can take very much of anything from all those games because the first thing you didn't have CJ, the second one, 
you know, or the third one, you know, we went and beat them in their house. The fourth one is like, you know what, be so like you've never really seen this is this is yeah, the match. They've never, they've never seen this, they've never seen the starting five. They've never seen the CJ, BI, uh Herb, Jackson, JV. They've never seen that starting lineup. Yeah. So let's talk about this. So obviously DeJounte Murray has sat out for like the whole season, basically, <laughs> in, in preparation for this game. So I mm. guarantee you that he's going to play. First oh, year yeah, all-star, props out to him. He's had mm-hmm. a f- fantastic season. How do you think the Pels go about slowing him down? Like he's probably going to get his buckets here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what's the way, what's the strategy you think Willie Green's going to kind of deploy on DeJounte? Because he's really the only one who's like could get one of those games. Like he can mm-hmm. go in one of those games. There's not a lot of people on the Spurs that really fall into that category. I think, I think the defensive game should be simple. It should be Herb Jones. <laughs> um, that's the game plan. Uh, that's, that's the game plan. Look, I, I, I think, you know, DeJounte is one of those guys that, um, you know, can, he, he's been phenomenal this season. He's, um, you know, he, he's, he's raised this, his, his level of play. He's raised the team around him, their level of play. Um, but I, I think that, you know, Herb is a good matchup for him because DeJounte is not one of these quick guys, right? He's not one of these, uh, you know, like lightning, lightning bug handles, quick guys. He's one of those, you know, bigger guards, but like has a lot of skill to him, right? One of those, one of those guys that we always like to watch, uh, those, those type of guys. And so he, he affects the game. He's, he's one of those triple double guys, um, affects the game in every which way. Um, but I think offensively, uh, you let him, you know, he, he, he should see multiple bodies, but his primary defender absolutely should be Herb. Um, if I was Willie, I would mirror, you know, uh, Herb's minutes with DeJounte. Whenever DeJounte is in the game, Herb is in the game. Whenever DeJounte is out, Herb is out. Um, you know, and I, I think that he, he could mirror his minutes that way. Um, I think you just need to, 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 to rough him up a little bit, kind of, you know, be physical with him and don't let him get into his comfort zones. Uh, he's one of those guys that like to probe, uh, get into the mid-range. Um, and if he gets you start rocking and feeling, he's a, he's a very, um, uh, like a rhythm guy. Once he starts getting it rolling, uh, he starts to lift everybody up and things like that. And so um, we've seen him have big games this season. Uh, big scoring games, 30 plus triple double, 30 point triple doubles and things like that. And so uh, I think her is up for the challenge. He got a day off, uh, you know, a game off th- th- this last game of the season uh, just to kind of get himself prepared and, and things like that, because he's going to see a lot of, of DeJounte. But uh, her, her for sure is going to be the d- defensive, uh, you know, the assignment. Um, I, I think like like we were saying over the side, I just I wonder how Pop is gonna use him and deploy him. Maybe they do some weird stuff. You know, Pop is known for doing that. Do mm-hmm. some weird stuff by letting somebody else be like the, the play initiator and things. He he is known for pulling weird stuff out in the playoffs. And so, you know, those but I think as long as you keep DeJounte in check, like you said, it's not a lot of offensive talent on that side. Kelvin Johnson can get hot. Um, and kind of knock down uh, jumpers, but he's not like somebody like Dejounte, obviously. Right. So uh, I think as long as Herb is, is on his game and 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 we we screaming and tweeting out not on Herb a couple of times, we'll be all right. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned something that I wanted to circle back on: mm. pops and his adjustments. I think mm. something I noticed in the last Spurs game, the Spurs went a lot of zone. Right? They were mm. like, "You're gonna have to beat us with good passing and, and good cuts. We're not just gonna let you." take it all the way to the rim, right? Mm-hmm. How do you think Willie counteracts? Like, like, what do you think the half-court offense needs to be in order to make sure that we get them out of that zone quickly because it's not working? Right? I, I think I think there's 
there's only a couple of X's and O ways to to uh, to kind of defeat the zone, which is obviously passing, getting the ball into the middle of the floor. But I think one thing that Willie needs to stress to his players that will help with that zone is aggressiveness, like we talked about earlier. Um, you can't just play back and let the pass, you know, pass around the end. You have to be able to attack, uh, kind of break down the zone, get into the middle, get bodies moving in the zone. You can't just kind of pass and hope for an open shot. Uh, be aggressive when, like, when people catch the ball in the middle of the floor, JV whoever the big is at the top of the key um, in, in the middle of the zone, like be aggressive. Like don't look to, to catch and pass and look for the next, uh, you know, catch turn and look for the next pass. Like aggressive, go to the rim, go through the guy in front of you, make the refs uh, call fouls and, and things like that. And so you can't just pass the ball around the zone. You have to be able to attack and, and be aggressive um, and big decisive moves uh, when, when you have the ball because – if you let them sit the same way as if you if they let you sit one on one and you beat them the same way as if you let them just sit in a zone uh, and, and you just pass the ball around and hope for an open shot like those. That's the kind of way that you, you allow them to not only rest on, on defense, uh, but you let them take you out the game. And, and what you know, what makes you good and what makes the Pelicans so good is that they're a they're a physical team. Right. You have a lot of guys that can go to the rim and finish around the rim. Um, and even some of our smaller guards and everything like Jose with his floater, uh, CJ going in and his finish abilities and things like that and so you know attack the rim don't let those guys just sit in that zone um and dictate your offense when it, when those bids catch it in the middle jackson jv attack some of these guys like there there's not a lot of guys in front of you that can guard you one-on-one yaka Pertle, these guys can't guard jv and, and you know with his size and everything and so uh just be aggressive catch the i i mean there's so there's only so many things i mean the zone has been around for so long and so there's only so many x's and o's things you can do but one of the things that can that's not excellent no is just be aggressive and be ready to go take you know take whatever it is not not just be passing it around the you know the perimeter right um i will 100 agree with you because i think there's been times especially some of the bad losses this year like the clippers game where the pelicans have been the ones that need to respond like other mm-hmm. teams started the physicality they started playing a little it's the playoffs they're gonna let more stuff go mm-hmm. you got to be able to put your head down and still get to the lane uh, I think that it's very important to your point that, again, we just talked about it. Jackson stays aggressive. When he's cutting, they ain't a lot of people that can jump, jump with Jackson. So if the mm-hmm. center is up guarding the JV at the free throw line, who's protecting the rim, right? Like somebody's got to stop Herb and Jackson from cut uh, back door, back door over and over and over, right? You've got to be active. Don't just stand, right? That's the right. that's the worst part. Don't let the ball stop, right? Constantly be moving. And so I'm hoping that, you know, that's the, the, the focus this week. Uh, something I want to point out to you now, we've seen B.I. come back from injury and be lights out. We've also mm-hmm. seen B.I. come back from injury and kind of take a little bit to get going. Mm-hmm. On along the same token, I need B.I. to play like he was at the beginning of the season and that he wasn't settling for jumpers. He was mm-hmm. forcing the issue, trying to get to the free throw line. And then after you've hit that a couple of times, then the jumper comes, then the mid-range right. come, things like that. So what are you looking to see from B.I.? Obviously, he's had quite a long time to rest uh, and get healthy and hopefully mm-hmm. he's a hundred percent by Wednesday, but what are you looking for from our leader? Uh, I'm, I'm trusting that that BI understands the moment. Um, you know, I'm, I'm trusting that BI knows exactly like this is what he was. I mean, honestly busting his ass all season for, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like you, you didn't come this far just to get this far. And I, I'm trusting that BI um, is fully aware of the moment and, and we'll, you know, we'll rise to the occasion because listen, you know, B.I. has has there were times where, you know, before C.J. got here, uh, where B.I. was the offense. He was dragging us, like literally dragging our offense, um, putting up 40 balls and 30 balls here. And, you know, and, and just 
doing everything, including assisting and getting other guys involved. And so now with this team, uh, you know, with all of this help there and, uh, you know, offensively as far as JV goes, as far as CJ goes, um, and then also defensively, you know, not having a guard, uh, you know, DeJounte Murray because you have a Herb Jones and, and things like that, that he's in a pretty good position right now to kind of lead us into this next round. And so I, I expect him to come out and, and play through any any rust. I, I think that he he knows, what you know, what's at stake. You know, this is a one-and-done game but this is what this is what we were in we were in the trenches at one and 12 we you could have given up but you didn't you fought to get here and so I expect him to understand that um and I expect him to come out uh hungry and you know I I expect CJ to have a big part of that as well to kind of you know get him ready uh get his his mind ready get let him understand like look you know this is the beginnings of something you know this is how you build upon where you want to be um you know next season and and so you know this is a, an opportunity for CJ to exercise his leadership um and, and kind of bring uh cost BI up you know this is this is an opportunity for you to to submit yourself in the, in this city uh and, and things like that and so i think you know he's going to be he's going to be fine um you know he he's gone through some bumps and bruises this season um but i i would hope to think that you know that that kind of last couple games uh, that he could have played, uh, but I think you know maybe out of abundance of caution, which is David Griffin's favorite word, um, <laughs> that they kind of you know let let him rest and, and get as much rest as possible because those games, as you know, as important as they may or may not have been, this is you know this is the game that everybody's waiting on. Yeah, I, I think that the acquisition of CJ and Larry Nance. Yeah, absolutely. Are going to be so big for this team because CJ's played in a lot of big games. Like mm-hmm. he, you know, when he came again, a little bit different from that one guy with the podcast. Instead <laughs> of him saying, I've always been to the playoffs, don't bleep it up. CJ came in and said, I've been to the playoffs every single year, and I don't and I don't plan to miss this year. It wasn't calling mm-hmm. anybody out. When, when we make the playoffs, when right. we make the playoffs this year. Right. It's it's the mindset, right? And so I expect to see a cold blooded CJ, to be honest. With you, right? mm. Like I, I expected him to to make sure that the Spurs have to guard every spot on the court, right? Um, because CJ is not going to be passive. A piece that I want to talk to you about is again in the playoffs, what people do is they find your weakness and they just attack it. That's all they do over and over. You might see the same play for 10 possessions in a row. Are there going to be spots where you might need to close with Larry Nance because of his ability to switch because of his, especially if the Pelicans have the lead late in the game. What yeah. are your thoughts uh, on, on a situation like that? Oh yeah, absolutely. I absolutely. I mean, this is, this is the kind of, of, of game that, you know, Larry Nance is, you know, brought, brought in for. And so, you know, there's going to be times where he's going to be, you know, our best, you know, defender, uh, rim protector outside of Jackson and, and things like that. He's going to be that guy. And so, um, you know, he, he, he has some, you know, he had some, some, some issues yesterday. Uh, looked like he was, he was kind of moving a little weird. A little and, yeah. Um, hopefully, you know, that that's just kind of him still working out the kinks and things like that. Um, and so, but there's definitely going to be times where he, like you said, that's a perfect example of when you would, would, would want him when, uh, you know, when the, when the Pels have a lead and you don't really need like JV scoring ability, um, but you need to protect the lead. And, and I think that's when Larry Nance would be great, you know, have, have him out there uh, and being able to switch one, uh, one through five. And just have him out there, uh, you know, kind of being a deterrent at the rim, uh, being a deterrent at the at the, the the point of attack, as well as being a deterrent at the rim and being a little bit of a help defender as well. Um, he could come over and do that. So, you know, when you when you're protecting the lead, you know, JV, 
uh, he's a phenomenal player and, you know, you'll probably miss his rebounding as far as that goes because um, he's a phenomenal rebounder. But I think that Larry Nance's defensive instincts and his ability to kind of cover a bunch of, uh, you know, make up a couple of things uh, for, for guys that's on the floor, make up for d- defensive uh, lapses from other guys. I think that you would need that more when you have a lead and things like that. But in a close game, um, you know, they probably still, I like to see JV uh, just because, you know, you have, you know, he, he's just a, he's a, he, you, he's just, you have to deal with him on the boards. Like he's just, he's, he's leaning on people and he's tapping the ball up two or three times, man. There's a couple of players where JV gets like three ro- rebounds on one play. And things like that. But the, the great thing about it is that you, you have all of these different things at your disposal. And so um, for, for Willie, I, I would like to see a little bit of a, of a dynamic game plan, you know, and, and depending on, who is playing? Like, don't be afraid to throw Larry Nance in there and let him be the defense uh, to, to protect a long lead, or you know, and, and don't be afraid to play, you know, guys and, and let Trey Murphy get minutes and things like that. Like, don't be afraid to do that. Be dynamic in your playmake, uh, in your in your game plan because you have so many guys that have contributed throughout the season and have done so many things. Um, and so I, I, I I'm I'm gonna be you know very interested to see how he deploys uh, Larry Nance, especially if they go zone. Uh, I kind of like Larry Nance, uh, his mm-hmm. ability to stretch the floor uh, in that corner and things yeah. like that. So, uh, you know, I, I'd like to see that. I'd like, I'm be very interested to see how Willie deploys Larry. Yeah, his passing ability, and I see somebody in the comments talking about his uh, instincts on the court. He's an extremely smart basketball player. Like, rarely mm-hmm. is he making the wrong move. He might not make the play every time, but rarely is he making the, the wrong move. So, mm-hmm. that being said, you, t- you touched on it just a little bit. One of my keys to victory is that JV has to dominate Portland. Because in a couple matchups this year, there have been the uh, the opposing center, whoever it is, rarely are they better than JV, who's really gotten physical with JV at the beginning of the game and it's taking him out of the game. Like either, Mm -hmm. like we saw this week with foul trouble or mentally, right? Because he gets upset because he's not getting the foul calls. I need him to put all that away. Like he's Mm -hmm. been in some playoff games. If you don't get the call the next time, come back down the next time down the court and attack him again, right? Like mm-hmm. that's got to be the mentality. He has to win that matchup. Again, yep. we talk about, uh, you know, if you go player for player, a Spurs Pelicans roster, like a lot of the Pelicans players are at the top of the list, right? Mm-hmm. JV is one of those. There aren't a lot of players on the Spurs team that is better than JV. I need him to play like it every single game, right? He has mm-hmm. to play with the mentality that I've been here before. I'm bigger than you. I'm better than you. I'm more skilled than you. If we see that, I think that's another that's another added component that we've seen at times, but we got to have it every game uh, mm-hmm. going down the stretch. What's another area where you think if we're able to do this, we should be looking good for a victory versus Burns? I think if we win the the turnover battle, uh, I think that's that's one of the most important things. And also, I think that if we can get in transition uh, and play in transition, uh, coming off of those defensive stops and things, I think that that plays out well for us because you know Pop is such a good coach that if you let him constantly come down and, and set defenses up uh, and get guys in and get you know get guys in position, um, that he can make the game difficult for you. You know, just being a, a basketball savant that he is. And so I think if you get them in transition. Uh, where you got obviously the talent advantage um, as well as the size advantage and athleticism advantage because, you know, Jackson is going to be flying up and down the court uh, in, in transition. And not too many people in the, in the league can run uh, and jump with Jackson, let alone on this first team. And so uh, I think if you can win the turnover battle, 
uh, you know, not beat yourself because obviously this game is going to be difficult enough uh, between, you know, the, the the Spurs players and, and you know, Popovich's uh, coaching uh, that you don't want to add to it and, and by turning the ball over, giving them extra possessions uh, and things like that. And so you have to win the turnover battle. And I think if you definitely uh, can get into to transition and get those guys running and not being in set up defenses and not being able to set up the zone um, and not being able to ice guys away from the ball and ball denial, B.I. and C.J. and things like that, uh, I I just think that you know you you get them in uh, transition, turn it into a track game at at the beginning. Uh, you know, st- keep up with the defensive intensity from the get go, from the jump. Um, you know, and, and kind of like I was with the, the beginning, the very first couple minutes of the Warriors game when Jose and Najee <laughs> were like picking people up full court and stealing the ball and running all the game. Like, like that's what you need all game. Uh, you know, you need to come in and do the first punch first, um, and, and be aggressive first. But yeah, absolutely, uh, turnovers and getting them, the team in, in transition. I think that's that's two under you know underspoken keys to the game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I I agree with you. And again, the last victory is what everybody's saying. When you get in the paint, you got to go score. Have yeah. the mentality that we're shooting threes. Of the, the Spurs are one of the best defensive three-point uh, shooting team in the league. We got to take advantage of the fact that we're a lot bigger than them in a lot of ways. We have to continue to be aggressive there. So, again, we talked about it all pie. Do not settle for jump. If it's there, mm-hmm. obviously, but you got to attack the rim. So, if we get this win on Wednesday, what do you make of Clippers t Wolves? Is there somebody you want more than the other person or – I, we talked about this, and I've been going back and forth with this. Listen, okay. the 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 talent of the top end talent of Minnesota uh, in a one game, you know, Cat uh, is he gave the Spurs sixty, and I know you know he probably won't be giving the the Pell sixty, but I mean that's a bad dude. He can score a lot of points. Um, and Anthony Edwards is another guy um, that I think that you know he can, he can get a point. So that that you know that scares me. But the Clippers are just a they, they have, first of all, they have a championship coach in Ty Lue, and they're just a they they feel like a bunch of you know like we have a young young team. Yeah. They feel like a bunch of adults, like they feel like a bunch <laughs> of like grown up grown men who play yeah. physical ball uh, and things like that. And so I've been going back and forth, but I think I would much rather play the Timberwolves, um, just I because do. something we talked about uh, uh, yesterday. I think. You know, just their youth, and you know, they're they they may get too the moment might get too big for them. Unfortunately, it would, it would suck for them because they are the seven seed, um, and they you know all of those games ahead they were talking about, and they shouldn't be in the play in. And if they you know if they lose to the Clippers and then lose to us, uh, they'd be out of it. But um, I think that you know that just that that youthfulness, um, not having to play against Tyrone Lue and his championship. Um, you know, pedigree and things like that. Um, and, and just the, 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 the child, not childlike, but the youthful <laughs> embrace, like the mean. way, yeah, the way that they play the game, uh, like you were talking about the, the 50 point game that they were trying to get for Anthony. Man, that was wild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just letting him chuck the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Letting him chuck the shots up, uh, letting yeah. people get back in the game just to get like, that's just, that's a, that's a young team, right? There's yeah. a young and all of their players, they're one, they're a, they're a pseudo competing team and one of their best players is like 20 years old man like man. you know right now and so uh and so like that's that's just one of those things where i think that you know cj and bi although the, you know bi being young he's still you know maturing and and he's taking that leadership thing uh that leadership leap and, and things like that um i think i would much rather play the t wolves but you know we'll, we'll we'll see what about you any who you who do you want i think we, we uh, i think we talked about this early so like let who do you think we want my biggest thing is I would rather play the T-Wolves. But the mm-hmm. reason is a lot very similar to you. The other part is mm-hmm. 
my PG for his, you know, pandemic P and all that stuff. Like he still knows how to close games. Like he's mm-hmm. a very, very dangerous player when he's hot, right? Especially when he on. And the Clippers can be a good three-point shooting team. Now, obviously the Timberwolves can score and run with anybody. They're one of the highest scored offense in the league, but they also like are sometimes the on defense. And so, mm-hmm. like, if we slow the game down, get them a foul trouble, Cat is one that actually everybody on their start lineup is one that you could get in their head quickly mm-hmm. because they're younger players. Like you start being a little bit more agitated, you be a little bit more aggressive. They're gonna start chirping back, right? They're gonna start mm-hmm. trying. And at that point, you got them, right? At that point, mm-hmm. once they start, you know, uh, kind of feeding into that, uh, and I think CJ would do that. I think Larry Nance. I, I think you would feel that from the veterans on our team to try mm-hmm. to that part. And so I think that's a better that's a better matchup for us. Again, to your point, veteran teams in the playoffs are always dangerous because they've been there, right? Like they yeah. understand the calls aren't going to be the same. They understand that like you got to play a certain way and stuff like that. So um, I I would rather avoid the Clippers. I do think we could beat them. I'm not saying that that wouldn't happen, but mm-hmm. if I had to pick between the two, I'd pick the Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, so again, Wednesday night, if it's not on your calendar, I don't know what's wrong with you. Uh, if you got to ask, ask off for work, do it. Like, if you got to ask off the next day, you probably will do it. Um, mm-hmm. 12, they're going to be doing a meetup before the game. Uh, make sure y'all holler at them. The way that they're doing, what, the, what they're growing, both in New Orleans and other cities, like, that's special to see, man. Like, that's when you got watch parties in different parts of the country and in different countries, like, that's, mm-hmm. that's special, man. So uh, make sure y'all take a look at them. Uh, this afternoon, or I guess tonight, uh, we'll be doing a joint Pels Media Spaces at 8 p.m. with Chris Connor. Y'all make say, take a look at that, just kind of recapping the season, talking about uh, ups and downs, and you know, uh, obviously the the week ahead. So for the part that everybody's here for, right? Uh, mm-hmm. We have some ticket giveaways again. The the builder was electric last game, and that was a game. Maybe it was for the Juvie guys. Who knows? Uh, yeah. maybe it was that. There was a there was a ba- there was a basketball game at the Juvie and Manny Fresh concert. That's what happened. There you go. Now. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so so we need that same type of energy um, on Wednesday, right? We want everybody in the seat. Like we're doing our best to try to put everybody in the seat that we can because that atmosphere, like the Lakers, I don't think it. Because again, the Lakers was like 50-50, you know, around there. Mm-hmm. This should be like ninety ten. And anytime New Orleans crowd is a 90-10 crowd, like it's gonna be, it's gonna be a lot. I'll just, I'll just put it in that, right? Mm-hmm. So we're gonna do this like we do every giveaway. Try to be as fair as possible, right? Uh, I'll start with the first question. Gary, can you get the second one? And so, and we can we can decide on the third. Mm-hmm. So this is a question again. The first person that gives the answer correctly, um, there's actually two answers here. That gives the answer correctly, get two tickets to the game. DM DM us after the show. What is CJ McCollum's highest postseason scoring game? Tiebreaker, like you can that. tell me who it's versus. I like that. I like that. I hope it ain't. I hope it ain't against. Do, I hope it ain't against do, us. Do, the Pelicans. No, nah, man, what you talking about? <laughs> uh, hold, on, hold on. Let's not bring up old stuff. Yeah. Let's not bring up old stuff. I'm just saying. He's on our yeah. team now. <laughs> uh, that is incorrect, Mr. Tyler. I see everybody. <laughs> I see everybody on Google. Nope. Ooh, close. Nope. Man, I can't wait to this. Man, I can't wait to this game. Oh, we getting close. 57, man. What? Ball's getting, <laughs> ball's getting How about buckets, I say, what man. was he doing that game? Ball's getting buckets, huh? There's actually two answers because he did it twice. Nope. 
lower. I'm trying to help you all out. <laughs> so like eight people have answered 50, guys. It's not 60. <laughs> That's a lot of points. That's a lot, <laughs> That's a lot, of, lot points. of points. That's a lot of points. If he y'all, scores 69, we missed that game. I about to say that would that be, game would be all yeah, that. that that game be all on all on the playoffs. All in the what you call it. I hope y'all got Google. We're allowing you to cheat. Oh, Bobby <laughs> Jones, 41. There it is. Um 2019, uh, the Western Conference semifinals, game three versus Denver. Uh, CJ dropped 41. Um, in 2017, round one versus Golden State, also dropped 41. Congratulations, uh, Bobby Jones. Mm-hmm. I know you've been on there. I know we interacted on Twitter um, in terms of you taking your, taking your mom to the game. I'm glad we're able to help there for you. I hope to see you there. hope to see you at yep. the Pels 12 meetup and everything like that. DM us after the show. Perfect. Number two, what you got, Garrett? All right, so this is going, you know, going back on the defensive side. You know, we like we like Jose and we like Herb and we like all that. So, uh, so we're gonna go with who has the most steals in a Pelicans playoff game. Who is the player that has the most steals in a Pelicans playoff game? This is this is a big this is the homage to 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 Jose and to Herb and you know the right. f- first of all Herb needs to be on somebody's defensive to player uh, yeah, you know defensive team right. Somebody's defensive team. It's somebody's Ooh. defensive team. Mr. Benchwarmer, Rajon Rondo. Actually, it was a tie. So Rajon Rondo had five, and Chris Paul had five. So uh, mm-hmm. Mr. Benchwarmer, hit us up after the uh, after the game. DM us. We got two tickets for you. Last one. We got two tickets for you. Who has the – or what's the most rebounds JV has gotten in the playoff game? This is a ridiculous stat, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, what? They just were boxing out this game? Bro, I'm telling you, Red JV on them boys, man. Boy, be on them boy, a monster on the boys. And what he do? I'm, I'm gonna help y'all out. It's my favorite number. Oh, I know that. I know that. Ooh, man, close. I can't wait to this game, man. This game is gonna be so lit. It's gonna be so. It's gonna be crazy in there, man. It's going to be special. Yeah. Who's the last person? Demi God. Go- Demi Goddard. There it is. God uh, Aaron. <laughs> there we go. Uh, God 21. That's right. Uh, in the Eastern Conference Finals in 2018, uh, he had 21 rebounds. Versus, can we get that on Wednesday? Like, that'd be has, awesome. If he has 21 rebounds on Wednesday, we won the game. All right? Yes, uh, that'd be that'd be awesome. That'd be well, that would that would be ideal. So uh, make sure you DM us after the show again, guys. It's here. Wednesday is mm-hmm. fastly approaching. I don't know how people are getting work done this week. No idea. Like that's all I can think about. It's like refreshing the calendar to see if the day change. Just wait, um, just just wait till Wednesday uh come in the city, man. I expect it literally as soon as I open the door, walk outside, I expect to see like barbecues and second lines and all kind of stuff. Yeah. How you feel about the second line nickname for the second unit? How you feel? I kind of like it. We gotta teach. Okay. We gotta we we gotta teach yeah. Joe, Joe how to yeah. say second line. But but yeah. other than that, I, I kind of like it. it. It works for the team. I like um, it. it it's, it's, there's a lot of energy uh, at a second line. There's a lot of energy off coming off that bench. So you know, I like it. I like it. I'm with you. All right, but that'll, that'll be it for us this week. Uh, again, fantastic season. Again, we know mm-hmm. y'all been rocking with us from the the downs, and there were a lot of downs, um, mm-hmm. but we made it here. Uh, we made yep. it here, and now it's just execution. Now it's going to get it, right? So yep. what you got for the people, Gag? 
as always, you never know what somebody's going through. So give somebody a smile. Uh, this is this is it, bro. This is this is what, this is what we've been we've been waiting for. Um, it's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be loud. It's gonna be electric in that in that uh, in that Smoothie King Center. Uh, I expect to see you know not a not a seat open. Um, like I said, we're doing our best. Um, if you can't come out there to the and, and tailgate, you know, just be around. Like be. Be in this moment, you know, enjoy this moment. Don't let anybody tell you that we shouldn't be celebrating a play-in tournament uh, birth or a play-in game because everybody who is anybody who has been in this this grind, been in those trenches at 1 and 12, um, you know how much we've stayed up late night on them spaces um, just <laughs> hoping and talking about the play-in tournament like this, it's here. And so get out. Support the support the team. Uh, come get in the group picture with us at the at the Pels twelve at the game uh, right before they be doing a group picture. Uh, come out and, and be loud and, and show the you know show the the national media because we will be on national TV. Show the national media that this is indeed a basketball town. So uh, follow us on Instagram at Pels Podcast. Uh, follow my brother on Twitter at Raphael underscore Rattler. Uh, follow myself on Twitter at uh, Garrick underscore Rattler. Um, and follow the the Pels Pod page at. Uh, Pell's pod on Twitter. Um, you know, we'll we'll be we'll be tweeting through the game and, and taking pictures around this 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 exciting time in the city. And so uh, we want to hear from you guys and, and want you guys to be a part of that as well. So uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you guys so much for a great season. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, you know, we have we aren't we aren't going anywhere. We'll be back same time, same place next week. Um, and we'll holler at you guys, man. Yes, sir. We out. Go Pell's.